Well, hello. We have all made it through the hundred and whatever degree heat. I hope everybody is okay. And, you know, let's stop for just a quick moment and we'll talk about that hundred degree uh, temperatures because by now your plants are probably showing some um, unique signs of stress. Um, so really what I want to make sure that you understand is let's don't overreact. Let's let them go through their cycle. Um, just like us, we, the heat makes us very tired, makes us weak. And then we want to stand back up after a little while after we've been hydrated again. Let's let our trees and our shrubs do the same thing. We'll know if there's any real permanent damage, probably by uh, spring, by mid-spring next year. Um, however, with all that said, I don't necessarily see any issue whatsoever. Hello, everybody. This is Anthony with Gardening with Anthony. And I've got to tell you, I just took a holiday. I took a holiday for the first time in two years. And I have to tell you, this next this show that we're going to be doing today is a uh, birth child from that holiday because as I was on holiday, I was visiting some very dear friends of mine down in Olympia who have a nice property, very actually really beautiful, but they needed plants. And so consequently, we went plant shopping. I guess that's no big uh, surprise for most people who know me because that's kind of what I do if I'm your friend and help you out with what we got going on. But you know, what's very interesting is that I've heard from other people that walk through a nursery or, or whatnot. Why would anybody pay this kind of money for this plant? I just, I can't even, I can't even fathom it. So I want to take a moment and, and by a moment, I mean about 30 moments to kind of go through and let's kind of explore different options and let's, Put into focus realistic expectations from each one of those because you have right now so many different options on where you can buy your plants. And I really want to say, okay, you know, all options are great options. But what we really want to do is we want to make sure that when you go to option A, B, C, or D, that you know exactly what you should be expecting. With that said, as I went to these nurseries. And I'm not going to name any of them because that, that would just be ugly. But we went to a lot of nurseries down in the Southern Sound. And I've got to tell you, I was horrified, absolutely horrified. And my best friend, she was even more horrified. But there was almost a look of recognition in her eye because she told me that she says, this is, this is what they do. Let me explain what I saw when I got there. So I went to the first place I went to, I went to a premier nursery. This was supposed to be the nicest nursery in this particular town. And I want to kind of go with you what I saw. As I walked in, it was a, it was actually a really nice nursery. There was a lot of potential. And boy, if I would have been able to write a check for about $10 billion, I may have bought it, but it was actually really nice. The interior was nice, but it was partially empty. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And when I mean partially empty, I mean half empty. It was odd. 
And so as we went walking through, um, because we weren't interested in any of that material because we had all the fertilizers we needed, we went out into the garden and or into the nursery proper, shall we say. And of course, the first place we went was into the perennial area. And what I saw, I have to tell you, I found it really, really, really troubling. I saw a bunch of perennials on the floor, yellow leaves, dry. They were flaccid and they were crashing or what we call flagging. So they needed to be watered. They, uh, there was no organization whatsoever to it. Now, as we were walking in, I did notice a couple of pretty displays and that was kind of, that was, that was refreshing, but that was the pretty part of the entire nursery. We went walking through and I found, for instance, Eupatorium or Jopai weed. I found clusters of it in about four different areas in the nursery. So if you were looking for Jopai weed, you had to go and look in many different areas to decide which one you wanted. Now, pardon me, you know, if, pardon me if this is wrong, but I, the way I work is I keep all of the stuff together. I think you should go to one area, see the selection and make your decision. This wasn't the only one though. As we went into the shrub yard and, and the trees, the shrubs were so scattered. There was no rhyme or reason to them. And believe me, I kept looking at them, trying to figure it out. My, my friend just looked at me and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to figure out how they've got this set up. Because usually nurseries, you can see kind of a pattern and a rhythm that they've got going on. But this had none. There were plants and, and, and shrubs everywhere. Nothing was organized. There was, and there's shrubs. There was dead material in the shrubs. There was weeds growing out of the pots. There was all sorts of, of dead leaves in there. Now let's move to the trees. The trees, none of them, none of them were pruned. There were dead limbs on every single tree. Now, before you start saying, well, I've seen that. I've seen that too. And you know what? Even if you come into our nursery at my garden, you're going to see a little of that, very little of that. And you're going to see it in areas where I just haven't got to, but the main bulk of everything is tight. It was interesting. There was a tree that we were interested in. Actually, we were interested in getting it about half price because literally half of it was dead. And I had asked the person, I said, so what is the price on this? And he looked at the tag and he says, oh, that's $325. And I told him, I said, so is there a special on this because it's half dead? And he looked at me absolutely incredulously and said, no, you almost could have knocked me over with a feather, to be really honest. I was so mortified and horrified. I couldn't even, I couldn't even stand myself. At that point, I had to leave. I had to go to another nursery. We went to another nursery. I found the same thing. Nothing organized. Things didn't look good. So, my dear, dear listeners, when you go to a nursery, there are some things that I want you to expect, if not demand. 
And the first thing is, is beautiful material. You are in a nursery because we're the people who are supposed to know how to make it look beautiful, how to take care of it. We're the people who are here to show you this is how you prune it. We're there to basically take your hand and show you what you need to, what you feel a need to know. And what I discovered in three towns is that that was an anomaly. I found one nursery that was really, really amazing. One out of three towns in, in the South Sound. Underwhelmed is so beyond what I could say about this. Actually, I was offended. I thought it was horrible. I'm not the person who typically likes to review other nurseries because I think sometimes it's not fair. And, you know, you have to always say, why am I doing this? But I definitely made a exception on this one. So when we're looking at buying plants, let's break this all down here. We have big box stores and we've got the internet. Let's take those really quick. Big box stores, you know, unfortunately, they get a, get something of a bad rap. Um, not necessarily completely undeserving. But if you know when a big box store gets their shipments in, then if you can be there that day, you can score some great deals. Let me be clear. We get a lot of the same stuff. All of us do. Monrovia, Heinz, people like that. And they're good growers. Now, one of the biggest difference between a box store is that while they may order from, say, for instance, Monrovia, who is one of my favorite companies, they order from all over the country. Keep in mind, big box store. They're nationwide. Now, let me explain how, the, how all that works. The big box store goes to a nursery, a grower's nursery, and says, how much per plant? Say $3.25. Okay, I'll tell you what. I will take every bit of what you have, and I'll give you $2.25 for it. So that puts a squeeze on the grower. Now, they end up making a lot of money because they're selling everything. Now, just because it's from out of state doesn't always mean it's a bad idea. Because, again, if you're there when the truck gets there, you get some pretty nice-looking material for pretty doggone cheap. Now, here's the key. When you go there, be really nice to whoever the manager is and talk with them a lot. And then you arrange your schedule around that because now you've got kind of this really, really inside information that you can go buy a perennial that in most nurseries, maybe $13, $14, $15, $16 for like It's never a bad idea to save money. God knows I love money and I love saving it. So when we think about going into a big box store, let's go at it with strategy. Now, big box stores typically, although there are some exceptions, but typically you're not going to find a horticulturist there who are going to be able to say, oh, yes, well, this is blah, 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 and this is its culture, and this is how you can use it. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of that. But what you will get is you will have on your list, I need some cone flowers. And they have cone flowers coming off the truck right now, so I'm going to buy however many I need. 
that's what you're going to get. Now, when it comes to the internet, the internet's a little bit different. I definitely have bought plants from the internet. There's actually a plant that I really like called Dittany of Crete that I order from back east. Lovely plant. Nobody grows it up here. But I know that if I want two plants, I need to order five because the mortality rate from shipping is really hard on plants. So, and I'm sure you've probably had a very similar experience as well. We need to keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that, you know, I, the internet is one of these places that when I give it, when I hand them money, I've already done some research on the company. I've tried to vet them as much as I can from my uh, standpoint. But I don't want any of you getting ripped off. And I don't want any of you having horror stories that you can tell people. Because all I really want is for y'all to have beautiful gardens and that you go out and you just smile. So if you find something from the internet, make sure it's a reputable company. And if they say we only ship at certain times of the year, then we should understand why. Um, Oftentimes it's heat or cold and they don't want to damage the plant. So for that, I tip my hat to them. Yay. But you can get some really, really interesting things off the internet if they're good, reputable companies. The next place that we're going to, that we go is to what I call landscaping material. Landscaping material typically has, typically tends to be a larger nursery, mostly outdoors. They're going to have what we refer to as landscape grade plants. These are plants that look pretty decent. They need a little work on them. You need to do a little bit of work on them, but for the most part, they're pretty decent. You can find all sorts of trees and shrubs. You can find people there that are working there with whom have a really, really, really great working knowledge of how plants work and how the best way to put them together. So landscaping nurseries are really kind of an interesting place. They typically tend to be out in the country a little bit because they need a little bit more room. Sometimes it's not necessarily that easy to find somebody to to talk to. And if they, if you do, oftentimes they're busy watering or moving things. Uh, while they do have great knowledge and you can definitely pick their brains, do keep in mind that most of the time they're there to maintain plants and to show you or to uh, not show you, but uh, to take good care of what they've got going on here. They don't necessarily do a lot of the pruning and all that kind of stuff because usually things turn really, really quickly for them. Um, they have people who are coming in buying a hundred of one thing and a hundred of another thing. So consequently, those are some really good sources. You can get some good plant material, get a broader plant material um, from a landscape nursery. And you can kind of play around with that. It's, uh, it's really exciting to wander into those places because oftentimes you'll discover things that you didn't even know existed. And then when you do get somebody, they can illuminate and tell you exactly um, how to grow it, what it's going to do best in. And depending upon what your geographical location is, it's never a bad idea to say, what is the best planting method? Because each place in America and also around the world has slightly different proclivities when it comes to how to plant and how to get the very, very best results out of, out of your plants. So that kind of, that's, that's kind of a plus on, on that is that they will uh, teach you and tell you how the best way to plant fill in the blank plant. 
Finally, we go to what I refer to as the finished product nursery. Finished product nurseries are, I refer to them as the oh my god nurseries. They're the ones that uh, you're going to pay more for it, but everything that is in that nursery needs to look like you really want to buy it. It needs to be well-maintained. There should be never be insects. They should be fertilized regularly. They should be sprayed regularly, watered regularly. There should be no yellow leaves, or if so, very few. There should be absolutely no weeds or debris in the pot. Let me explain. You probably heard me talking about weeds and debris in the pot. Let me explain something to you. When we have weeds and debris in the containers, what happens is that becomes a great breeding ground for things like fungus and disease. In addition to that, a nice harboring place for various insects. These are not the things you want to take home. So consequently, the only thing I really want to see in a pot is some Osmocote or some type of fertilizer. That's going to be all I really want to see. It's not to say that that every finished product nursery doesn't have some yellow leaves because it's all part of part of what goes on here. But what I'm saying is that in proportion to the entire nursery, if everywhere you look there is poor-looking material, then you definitely need to put that in your in your head and remember that. In addition to that, in a finished nursery, you should be greeted. You should be asked if you need any help finding something. And your salesperson should be hanging out with you saying, how can I help you? And let's have fun. Let's put something fun together for you. They're going to be the people who are going to have horticultural knowledge. And they are also going to have design knowledge. Now, probably the biggest trick in a finished nursery industry or a finished nursery is to find somebody who's on kind of the same wavelength you're on. That can be difficult. But know that there's always many different people that are working there. And there is nothing wrong with saying, I think you're really uh, great and I love your knowledge. But I think I'm going to keep looking for somebody I gel with a little bit more. And there's not one thing wrong with that. You have every reason to do that. And you have every... Think of it this way. Would you allow just anybody to come into your home and to start redecorating? I wouldn't. Your garden is as personal as your interior. And I would never let an interior designer come into my home unless I gelled with them. Unless they kind of got who I was and what I was about. So with that said, there's nothing wrong with just smiling and, and in whatever polite way you want to handle it, say thank you. And then you continue to look. And then you find the person who you do gel with and you always know when that happens because that's when you start having a really great time. That is when everything begins to open up and you all of a sudden are saying, yes, yes, I think I like this guy. Now, in a finished product nursery, you should be looking at a beautiful nursery. You should be looking at plants that are thriving with no insects. You should be looking at plants that are well-fed and happy. One thing that I, I've, I teach my friends when they go into a nursery, one of the first telltale signs that you can really decide on where you're at or what's going on in that nursery is look up at the trees that they're offering you. Do you see any dead wood on it? 
Now, it's not to say that there's not dead wood. Of course, there will always be at some. But again, we're looking at proportionately wise. Do they really take the time to make their product beautiful? Because that's why you're paying $49.99 for something as opposed to $29.99 for something. You are paying because if you come to see me, I am out there spraying once a month, making sure that we keep insects and disease at bay. I am out there every single day watering and every single day cleaning up plants and every single day pruning and making things beautiful. And then when I see the whites of your eyes, now we're going to have fun because all the groundwork I've just done now gets to pay off because I get to show off all these beautiful plants to you and basically tug at your heartstrings, of course. That's my job. I sell plants. So these are reasons why you really, really want to select where you want to go. It doesn't mean that you have to buy everything at a finished product. It doesn't mean that you buy everything at a big box store or on the internet or even at a landscaping company. It means that hopefully by this point, you have a little bit more knowledge on how to put all these places together. Because you know what? I don't just shop at a nursery. I will shop anywhere that has plants. But I a little bit, I scrutinize things. And I want you to as well. I want you to look at the plants carefully. Are they chewed on? Are there weeds in the bottom? Is there, do the plants look ideal? Because ultimately, when you're buying a plant, you should be buying, in your mind, the ideal plant. It should look perfect and beautiful. Now, let's talk about the word perfect, because that is a word I like to throw around quite a bit. And I do that with my boss quite a bit, because I tell her I want my nursery to look perfect. Perfect is something that we strive for. It is an ideal. My personal philosophy is that if you don't strive for perfection, you're content with mediocrity. I, and if you know me, am never content with mediocrity. I don't want to be okay. I want to be amazing. I want when you come in to see me, I want to blow your socks off. I want to inspire you. Even if you don't walk out with a thing, I want you to walk out of there saying, that was so cool. That was fun. I want you to walk out of there saying, you know what? I trust these people. They're not here just to get my money. They're here to set me up to succeed. And ultimately, that's what we're there to do. I want you to remember that service is something that seems to be falling by the wayside in so many different arenas. If you have a finished product nursery um, that you serve or that you uh, patron, you should be definitely demanding good service. You should get a smile. You should get somebody to say, let me show you what we have. And they're going to show you what they have, but they're not going to drop you right then. What they're going to do is they're going to start reading you a little bit and figuring out where you're at. Some people want to see what the plant looks like in life. Other people are ready to move on, on a specific garden. So part of service is being able to, uh, that person being able to read you and being able to kind of figure it out. So at the time when I take you out and I show you some amazing looking plant material, I'm keeping an eye on you. I want to know, what do I need to do with you next? Should I back away and let you think about things? Should I say, 
how about I go get you a cart or a wagon? Or should I look at you and say, how can I best serve you now? These are all things that are very, these, these are not exceptional qualities. They're not amazing. This is basic service. So remember that this is nothing to write home about. This is just basic service. When we start picking up plants, and I taught my friend uh, when we were down in, the, in uh, when I was on holiday, pick up a plant, and I taught her, I want you to take this and I want you to look at it. And does it look happy? Does it look healthy? Does it feel good? And she looked at me and she says, well, part of it does. What does that mean, part of it? And she said, well, when I, I can turn this around and well, I guess that could be the backside. Okay, so here's the deal. You should choose the backside, not the plant. If the plant has a dead area and you're like, oh, well, that could be the back, then my first thought is, is why is there a dead area? Now, there are some very good reasons for this. It could be that that nursery got a lot of material in and maybe they were packed a little closer. And then we're going to look at it. And, and there's nothing wrong with grabbing a nursery person and saying, will this come back? I want to tell you, though, that if it is dry and brittle, it will not come back. It must be supple. It must be uh, flexible. And then it'll, then there's a very real possibility it comes back. But there, there's more than one reason why that would happen. If it's sitting there by itself and it looks kind of bedraggled, then we probably want to pass that particular plant up and do something else. I also happen to have seen a uh, shrub in this, one of these nurseries that had a thistle growing in it. Now, what I thought was truly remarkable was that, that the thistle was about twice as big as a plant they were supposed to be selling. Now, after I regained my tongue, and because I tried to swallow it at about that moment, I, I, you know, the devil made me do it. I had to take it up to the person and say, which one of these am I buying? And the guy looked at me, and I told him, I said, well, this thistle is far larger than the shrub. And I'm not kidding you because you can't make this stuff up. He reached over and snapped the top of the thistle off. That, by the way, is not service. Just going to throw it out there. Now, if that was in my nursery, I would have made a joke out of it. And then I would have thrown the plant over one shoulder and said, let's go find you a really nice looking plant, shall we? It's very interesting to me how people choose to handle these situations. And for him to just reach over and snap it off and look at me completely blank, I must confess, I was at a bit of a loss. I did not exactly know how to handle that. So we smiled politely and turned around and set the plant down and walked out. And then I, well, I rated him. Out of one to six stars, they got a half a star because I just couldn't deal with it. So we really, really, really want to make sure that we're not buying thistle. We also want to make sure that there's no debris and garbage in it. I want you to look and also take a look. And what about dead limbs? Now, when we're looking at plants in any uh, nursery situation, some things that I want you to keep in the back of your head. A lot of people are putting in hedges this time of year. So 
Thuyas or um, Arborvadis. Those are kind of one, of one of the varieties that are in high demand up here. When you look inside it, you're going to probably see a lot of dead limbs. When they come to us from the grower, they are jacked up on nitrogen and they're pushing out growth at exponential rates. What happens is that it becomes a super, super, super dense shrub. And now inside it, there's no air or light. So what happens? Everything inside dies out. That's fine. And that's actually um, expected. But what we want to do is we want to make sure that there's no overtly dead areas in this. In this. We want to make sure that the entire plant looks healthy, is very crisp, is supple, and ready to go. We want it to look manicured. And I know that sounds like a strange word, but I want it to look like somebody fussed over it and that somebody continually fusses over it because we have these plants until they're sold and they have to be maintained. When you have a a nursery of plants, they don't just take care of themselves. And we don't have people come in from out um, outside our nursery to take care of them like some of the big box stores do. What we do is all day, every day, we go around that nursery making sure everything looks clean and that everything's healthy, everything's ready to go, so that when you take that home, you know you've got the best plant ever. You also want to make sure that these plants are sprayed regularly. You ha- you, I'm sure you know yourself that when you've got a certain amount of plants uh, in your environment, that insects disease can end up coming around. Well, I want you to make, I want you to look at that and look very closely because you should see none. Now, every single nursery is going to have insects of one degree or another. It's the way of life. What we're looking for is widespread infestations. That's what we're looking for. If we see this, if you're looking at spirea, for instance, and you see all the spireas covered in aphids, let me explain what's going on here. That spirea has probably dried out and then been watered, then dried out and then been watered. That is, when you start seeing aphids on spirea, that's one of the most common reasons you're going to see them. So consequently, I wouldn't buy any of them because what that's telling me is that there's not really a water program going on. We don't have this on a set schedule. I am a person that I'm a big believer in schedules. So consequently, all I want to do is every other day I'm going to water one area. Every other day I'm going to water another area. And I'm going to make sure that you get the very best plants, period. Because that's going to lend to its all over its overall health. The overall health of the plant, you will know when you see a beautifully healthy plant that it's healthy, it's vibrant, it's alive, you see new growth on it, and you start getting excited for that to be in your garden. Finally, and I'm going to close with this, knowledgeable staff. Now, if you come to me, you probably know that I'm going to speak botanically. And I'm not doing that to speak over your head. I'm doing that because I want to teach people. I want to teach people what plants are. If you come in and ask me, for instance, for a mock orange, I'm going to take you to five different things that are called mock orange. But if you ask for Choicea or Philadelphus or whatnot, then I know exactly what you're looking for. I'm doing this 
my job as a nursery professional is to teach you as well as to sell to you. So if you don't walk out of there knowing one thing more, then I've not done my job. Knowledgeable staff is huge. And you know what? I always do. You know what I do with people, though, just to test to see how knowledgeable they are, is I'll ask them an absolutely nonsensical question, and I'll see if they answer it. Because I have more respect for somebody who says, you know what? I'm not entirely sure about that. Let me go do some checking for you real quick. I like that because that tells me they're not going to feed me a lie to feed their ego. That tells me that they genuinely care about what I'm asking and that they honestly don't know. So you've now heard 30 minutes of my rant from a holiday that was absolutely lovely, but boy, it was eye-opening on my behalf because I did not realize that there were so many nurseries that were just not that great. When I got back to work, I looked around at our nursery and I thought to myself, this is a beautiful nursery. Things are pruned. They look good. They're fertilized. And you know what? I can't wait to see you in there so that we can play together and I can show you some of the most beautiful plants on the planet. So this has been Anthony for Gardening with Anthony, and I would love to see your smiling faces. And if you are have both your COVID shots, drop your masks, come on in. I want to see your big, fat, juicy smile. And you can come see me at 929 East Bakerview. And uh, I hope that you are all having a spectacular summer. Have a great one.